Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. If you have your Bibles, would you uh, join me in Mark chapter 4, verse 37 and 38. Uh, my dear friend is here. She is uh, such a uh, precious vessel to the body of Christ, probably one of the most remarkable uh, voices of this hour. Uh, and uh, she's celebrating with us today, uh, Pastor Ruby Holland. Give God some praise for her. Love you so much. Thank you so much for being with us uh, on this day. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 and 38. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 and 38. Once you found it, won't you say, I got it. Mark 4, verse 37 and 38. You still can't find it. Say, Lord, help me. Amen. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern of the ship sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're getting ready to drown? You may be seated. I want to preach for a little while today using as a subject, I'm not feeling the love. I'm, I'm not feeling the love. Would you look at the person beside you and just say, you already know. You already know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling the love. Comrades, in the 1800s, Mary Shelley crafted the fictional Baron Frankenstein who concocted a freak of nature which he named after himself that ultimately ended up killing him. Social media is putting the Greek Prometheus to shame. Because of it, monsters are being created daily transforming otherwise demure people into deranged beings who need attention for validation and consume it like it's vampire blood. 1.4 billion people get on Facebook every day. 1.4 billion people get on Facebook every day, which equates to a fifth of the world's population. Attention unto itself is not toxic. Even Abraham Maslow ranked belonging amongst the hierarchy of needs. People who deal with bouts of feeling ostracized or abandoned experience the same health challenges as someone who smokes or is obese. According to the UK Red Cross, 18% of Britons feel isolated. The problem is so prevalent 
that the government under the direction of parliament has now appointed, y'all not going to believe it, the parliament of Britain has now appointed a minister of loneliness as a homeopathic remedy. People are writing their own prescription. Get on social media, people are posing as if they have a Playboy endorsement deal. They're taking pictures with currency that's counterfeit. They're posting trips that they never took. Plates of food that don't even match their palate. All in a quest for attention. The extremes have no boundaries for those who are internally screaming, will somebody please look at me? Embarrassingly, even most adults who I'm preaching to in this hour are confused and don't know the difference between attention and interest. Interests and attention are not the same thing. Loud noise can get your attention, but it will not hold your interest. On a rare occasion, I found myself in Starbucks and I heard a loud clang outside. Everybody jumped up and ran to the window to see what happened because the noise grabbed our attention. Immediately, we realized that a garbage truck backed into a dumpster. The crowd immediately dispersed and went back to their laptops, went back to Instagram strolling, went back to their conversation. Why? Because the noise got our attention but it didn't hold our interests. A lot of things can get your attention. A disruption, an attraction, an unanswered question, an affirmation, or even an agitation. But none of those things are guaranteed to hold your interests. It's this tension between the two, attention and interest, that leaves parents scratching their heads, trying to figure out why their child, last school year, loved the clarinet. This school year, only wants to focus on cheerleading. Parents trying to figure out why last school year, all they talked about was making the team. This school year, you can't pull them away from a video game. It is this unsolved equation between attention and interest that can leave a married partner who was once in bliss sobbing in a pillowcase with how they did not mind being on a deserted island with their significant other, but now they are stranded in a townhouse by themselves. Trying to find that balancing act between attention and interest. It's the X factor as to why a college student whose major is now treated like an elective 
because they have no passion for what they used to be excited about. People can try to pay attention, but you cannot fake sustained interest. Sooner or later, it's going to become clear that the interest is not authentic. In your spirit, you can sense when the interest is not there. Every now and again, you've got to be asking yourself in your head because you dare not ask out loud, is heaven even paying attention? Does heaven see what I'm dealing with? Does heaven recognize the, the struggle that I'm in, the fight for my life? Does heaven even recognize how much I am up to my neck in trauma? Is heaven seeing how people are getting away with mistreating me? Is heaven paying attention? Because I feel like God is looking at everybody else, looking after everybody else, answering everybody else, and here I am saying, it ain't my mother, it ain't my father. It's me, oh Lord. And I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's one thing to feel as if you've lost the interest of somebody you dated. It's altogether different when you've lost interest in a class. It's not even really a passing fancy when you lose interest in a hobby. Have you ever come to the grips of feeling like God has lost interest in you? God is not even paying attention to who you are. That even Jesus dangling from that cross had to ask a question that we're scared to ask. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? In Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching by the lake, giving an instructions as a creative, using only parables. Mark chapter 4, Jesus uh, starts talking about a lamp on a nightstand. When he finishes that parable, he starts talking about a growing seed in the ground. When he finishes that, he starts talking about a mustard seed. And then Jesus abruptly spins on his heels and changes course in verse 35 and says to the disciples, let's go to the other side. Jesus was saying what you've been thinking. I am no longer interested in what I've been doing. Jesus is now functioning what you've been feeling. I no longer want to be where I am. I'm ready to go somewhere else and I'm ready to do something else. And he doesn't even express it to the people who are close to him. He just says, let's go to the other side. I'm talking to a small remnant of those of you who are in this room who are feeling that, feeling that pull. That what you are doing, you're not sure you should still be doing. Where you are, 
you're not sure you should still stay. The words of that old blues singer, the thrill is gone. I want you to lift up that hand. I want to pray for you in the middle of this sermon. For those who feel like you are in transition. Those of you who feel like everything connected to you is shifting. Those of you who believe, I cannot renew this lease. I cannot stay in this place of employment another quarter. God, here's what's crazy. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't even know where I'm supposed to go next. All I know is I got to move from where I am. God, pay attention. My interest has changed. Some of you don't have this level of maturity. I no longer want what I once prayed for. I need you to shift something on my behalf. I need you to do something else. They get in the boat after hearing Jesus say, I got to do something else. I got to be somewhere else. They get on the boat, hear this, and they get on the boat with Jesus. And while on the boat with Jesus, a storm breaks out. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, just because you're with God don't mean you ain't going to have storms. God, y'all don't like this here. Just, just because you got a prayer life, just because you serve him, don't mean every day you're going to be tiptoeing through the tulips. But sometimes you'll go through a storm even when you're with God. When they get on the boat, it's clear skies. No precipitation. And then out of nowhere, a storm erupts. It almost looks like Hurricane Ian. Water swamps the boat. When they got in the boat, nothing. But as they're making move to their next destination, that's when the storm comes. I'm telling you, the enemy hates a saint that has the faith to change. When you're getting ready to make a strategic move for your life, that's when the storm will start howling. As long as you were complacent, as long as you were stuck, as long as you lost your drive, you had no opposition. But the moment you realize I got to do something different, even if I got to starve for a season, even if folk don't even understand why I'm doing, even if I got to go it alone and explain it to folk later, I'll trust God in the storm. A storm will come with no announcement. A storm will come with no warning. You can be in the shower one day and without any indication, you'll feel a lump in your breast. A storm will come with no announcement. You can be sleeping comfortably in your bed and a phone call comes that will change everything that's happening around you. A storm will come with no warning. You have been faithful to that job and they'll dismiss you like you were yesterday's newspaper. 
a storm will come with no warning. People who you were good to will flip on you out of nowhere and you trying to figure out what did I do to deserve this? A storm will come with no warning. Life comes at you fast. Jesus is in the hinder part of the ship and he's taking a nap. Can you imagine it? You are in a storm and Jesus is asleep. You are in a crisis and Christ is taking a cat nap. They run down to where Jesus is and they say to Jesus, do you even care that my mother got dementia? Do you even care that my child got asthma and autism? Do you even care that they left me for a younger version of me? Do you even care that I'm getting ready to lose the house you gave me? They asked Jesus, did he care? And they never took a moment of consideration to realize that Jesus' life is in danger as well. Jesus ain't supposed to die on a cruise ship. He's supposed to die on a cross. Can I tell you, be careful of people who want attention so bad that they don't have time to pay attention to you. They only come to you to save them and they don't care if you are going down in the process. On the plane, they will tell you, apply oxygen to yourself first, then try to save other people. Many of you are dying because you keep giving CPR to people that won't breathe on you. Jesus is in this same boat. And they don't even think about the fact that he could go down with the boat with them. They only think about what's in it for them. The Bible says that God never sleeps or slumbers. So what the Bible says is that uh, God never sleeps or slumbers. So at the moment that Jesus is asleep in the ship, they are not talking to Christ who is the God. They are speaking to Jesus who is the man. I need you to hear me that today you came into this worship encounter because the alarm is getting ready to go off. Too many of you have been sleeping on yourself. You have slipped into the coma of other people's validation and how other people see you. But God says today, I am not going to let you oversleep because you are getting ready to step into the best season of your life. You are not going to sit up in this church and sleep through your destiny and sleep through your future and sleep through your assignment. There is a slumbering queen next to you. There is a slumbering king that is near you. And God said when you cry out loud, you are getting ready to wake up the part of them that has been asleep. 
I need you to open up your mouth and wake up the entrepreneur near you. Wake up the millionaire around you. Wake up the homeowner that is near you. Wake up the book writer that is near you. Wake up those who have the gift of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. Wake up! Hallelujah. Be seated, please. You, 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 you sleeping on you. If you, you, you think that job makes who you are, you sleeping on you. There are billions of people in the earth and you gonna let one Negro make you lose your self-esteem? You sleeping on you. So what you didn't get that check? You served Jehovah Jireh. You better shake yourself off and come to yourself and wake up. Prodigal son was eating in the pig's pen. When he's eating in the pig pen, the Bible says, and he came to himself and realized who he was. He said, I deserve better than this. I ain't supposed to be living like this. I ain't supposed to be dressing like this. And I'm not supposed to be eating like this. And I'm not supposed to be sleeping with something like this. I got to wake myself up. There are sleeping giants who are getting ready to be awakened. The enemy was hoping you didn't get to church today because he was trying to convince you you were a midget. But God says when the sound goes off, everything you were born and called to do is getting ready to come to pass. There needs to be a scream in this room that's going to wake up your children. It's going to wake up your best friend. It's going to wake up those close to you. You can't sleep on the job. There's an assignment that you got to fulfill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated, please. I'm coming. Hallelujah. Be seated. I'm coming. I promise you. Hallelujah. Look down your row and say, you better not think you're going to sleep this day. Hallelujah. Let God arise. Let my enemies be scattered. When I scream, there will be no self, low self-esteem. When I scream, there will be no rejection of my body type. When I scream, I will realize who I am, that I am a joint heir. I am the head and not the tail. Devil, if you were going to kill me, you should have did it Saturday. But I'm waking up. I'm waking up who I'm supposed to be. So the first thing they had to do was wake up the man. Hallelujah. But after they wake up the man, they've got to wake up the God. Hallelujah, because the man can't do anything. I got to get God's attention. Hallelujah. Those of you who are fragile in your feelings, you might want to slip out of here now. But this is a code red. 
I'm getting ready to call on God because I need him because I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm losing it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I haven't been myself lately. I done fell off of my grind, but I am now issuing a summons for the presence of God to intervene on my life. This ain't for my neighbor. This ain't for my child. This is for the God of my salvation. I need you to call on God like you need him to see about you. I need you to yell in this room like this is my moment. Hallelujah. 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 What is amazing is I am not just worshiping God for me. I am calling out to God. I need you to hear this for everybody who is in my same boat. So I'm screaming for every single parent. I'm screaming for every divorcee. I'm screaming for every person that's up to their neck in debt. I'm screaming for those who are dealing with grief. I'm screaming for those who are fighting cancer. Look down your row and say it's a whole bunch of us who are in the same boat. But when I scream, I need God to know. I don't want him to just deliver me, but deliver every person that's in the same circumstance that I am in. I can't hear nobody. You ought to be shouting like the eviction is canceled. You ought to be screaming like the court case is going in your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, um, when a wife wants her husband's attention, she may buy some new lingerie. A husband may want uh, his wife's attention. He may bring home flowers. A child who wants attention we act out in class. But when a child of God needs attention, hallelujah, there's nothing left to do but to give him worship. There was a blind man sitting by the roadside and he heard that Jesus was passing by. And the Bible said he started screaming, Son of David! have mercy on me. The church folks said, we don't do all that screaming around here. Don't bother the master. But the problem is, the people who were telling him to shut up had eyes. Don't judge my scream if you don't need what I need. I can't hear nobody in here. I need you to open up your mouth until demons get annoyed. I, I need you to cry out unto God until your enemies get irritated. Son of David! Have... Oh, y'all don't need nothing from God. You're not in emergency crisis. Son of David, 
have mercy on me. And I'm going to say something to you. I wanted you to be mindful that they questioned the master's interest in them. They were feeling as if his attention had waned and gone somewhere else. They said, Master, do you not care that we're getting ready to drown? Jesus, new birth, took the uh, sleep out of his eyes. He took the sleep out of his eyes, watch this, and walked to the edge of the ship and said, peace. Be still. I got to help you here. The disciples said, Master, do you care? We getting ready to go down. And Jesus said, peace. Be still. I think I lost you. Water is lapping into the boat. There are no life preserver jackets. There is no coast guard. And they said, Jesus, do you care what's going on with us? And Jesus says, peace, be still. Pastor, I'm trying to figure out what are you saying? You done repeated it three times. I still don't get it. They wanted to know, fourth time, do you even care that we getting ready to die, that we going to lose it all, that we going down? Jesus wipes the sleep out of his eyes and says to the winds and the waves, peace, be still. New birth, why am I telling you that this morning when we're in a season of prayer? I'm telling you that because I think some of you have misunderstood the intention of God, the mind of God and the design of God. Is that when they asked, do you even care? Are you paying any attention? Have you lost your interest? I need you to notice that Jesus never responds to them. He never speaks to their question. He never responds to their inquiry. He only speaks to winds and waves. When you are in crisis, I don't know where my screamers are, when you are in a situation that is bigger than you, and you are in prayer and you don't hear the voice of God. God is not talking to you not because he lost interest. He ain't talking to you because he's talking to what's trying to drown you. And I declare over every worshiper in this room to your bills, peace, be still. To your depression, peace. Says, I am not even going to dignify your feelings with a response. I need you to see what happens to the situation you were concerned about. I am getting ready to put your situation under authority. Because whatever you have been fighting against thought it had enough strength to kill you. But they didn't know that Jesus was on your boat. Would you look at your neighbor and tell them cancer should have killed you by now? I can't hear nobody in here. A heart attack should have took you out of here by now. 
a stroke should have wiped you out by now but Jesus is now speaking to everything that is in your body that has the potential to kill you and is telling it peace be still I gotta get out of here but I got beef with the disciples they screamed at God when they thought they were drowning but when the storm stopped they didn't say a mumbling word I ain't telling y'all what to do today but I want to know how you're going to act when you realize after church that the storm is over that whatever you've been dealing with God is about to bring you out of it. Hey, I'm not hey, thank you, Holy God. Hallelujah. I got to move, but I need you to grab somebody by the hand real quick and tell them whatever I've been dealing with was strong enough to kill 12 people. But because I woke up God, 12 people are about to be delivered today. 12 people are about to be set free today. 12 people are getting ready to get their fire back today. I need you to shout, not just for you, but I need you to shout for those that were on your boat that the storm is passing over. I can't hear nobody. The storm is passing. Sooner or later, it's going to work in your favor. It's turning around for you. The storm is passing over. You've been in this place long enough. And the going's been kind of rough. But the storm is passing over. Late in the midnight hour, God. Lift up that hand. The people who are screaming are either in a storm, just had a storm, or are walking out of a storm. Don't you worry about these stuck up saints around you. But if you sick of storms and you need some peace in your life, son of David. Lift up that hand, I wanna pray for you. Sometimes in your prayer life, I gotta move, but I dare you to do this. Would you get God's attention for one of your friends that's in a storm? 
Would you get God's attention for a family member that's in a storm? I wish y'all would scream about this. Will you yell for one of your children that's in a storm right now? I want your hand lifted. I got to tell you something. Sometimes in your prayer life, sometimes in your prayer life, it is necessary for you to raise your voice so God understands the urgency of what you are contending with. All these little sweet, calm, placid, erudite prayers, save that for people who ain't in a storm. But when you're in a storm, sometimes you've got to you got to rock the boat. Lift that hand. I want to free some of you. Sometimes in your prayer life, don't let these church people fool you. Sometimes in your prayer life, you're not going to hear God's voice like Charlton Heston, James Earl Jones. Sometimes in your prayer life, God is not speaking because he's talking to your storm. He's talking to your circumstance. I pray over every lifted hand that God, for every lifted hand, those of you who are online, for every lifted hand, that God will redirect the wind. God, I can't hear nobody in here. I said, God, redirect the wind. Put it in a direction that will not flip my boat but we'll push my boat. God, I pray over every lifted hand that God, if they have not heard your voice, make sure they can see your work. I pray that this week will not end without them having tangible, undeniable, irrefutable evidence that there is something that you stopped. God, I can't hear nobody. I said that there is something that you stopped. And God, I pray of every lifted hand that you will cover, you'll protect, you'll bless the 12 people connected to them. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, I pray that you'll bless them so that they do not flip out, so that they don't lose their balance, that they do not lose their faith. And they don't lose their focus. And those of you in this room, your faith resonates with the faith of your pastor. Would you give God your best shout of thanksgiving even right now? I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.